podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 25, for the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house. Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. It. And it is over. Zero losses, zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva La Cats. I am your host, Justin Hiles, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats now every single week because it is the season of football. Make sure to check us out on Twitter, at VivaLaCatsPod, and follow us on Spotify, Apple Pods, or wherever you listen. And also make sure to check out at UC Uniforms for all the up-to-date uni tracker info from Steve. To start off our show, um, we are going to introduce here in a few minutes, uh, we have a guest, uh, Matt Zimmerman, of the Arkansas uh, Razorbacks Daily Podcast. Uh, he's a he's going to be a lot of fun. He has a lot to tell us about Arkansas, and I think you guys are going to have a lot of fun listening to him um, and all that he knows because we really don't know a whole lot about the Hogs. Uh, we'll kick off with that, and then as well, we'd also like to uh, send out a happy birthday to uh, Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner. Uh, two of some of the Bearcats' top picks in the NFL draft this year also happen to s- share the same birthday. Uh, which is fun. So happy birthday to them. And am I missing anything else, Steve? Uh, Well, Justin, it is game week. So Ooh. big shout out to that <laughs> game week. Uh, I'm so Only had to wait eight months. An excruciating eight months after a <laughs> loss just sits in your mouth. Yeah. Just like a wet fart you just smell it all the time wow. and you're just that like, is descriptive <laughs> and uh football is different where there's a lot of teams that can end their season with a win so uh i want the Ooh. i want the the bearcats to end their season with a win this year yeah i mean well if you're being technical like technically 50 percent of the teams in the college football world do end their seasons with a that's win. that's right so. that's right but I'm maybe it'll be us this year. <laughs> maybe, I'm just hoping uh, it's in SoFi Stadium where the Bearcats are ending their oh, yeah. season. But uh, regardless, Justin, uh, I am very excited, uh, and I really enjoyed just the off season, how it played out. Um, there was a lot of debate uh, over the off season too uh, among the Twitter spheres, as there usually is about all sorts of subjects. But there was one subject in particular, Justin, that I just want to bring up really quickly before we move on yeah. to previewing this week's game. So um, a lot of nameless G5 accounts, which are mostly UCF fans and just uh, nameless UCF accounts, uh, yeah. they, they had to debate this summer. 
which team was better? The 27 UCF, uh, 2017 UCF or yep. 2021 Cincinnati? Yeah. Um, Justin, now, can you remind me who the coach was, the head coach of those 2017 UCF Knights? That had to be... Uh, mm, would, it, would that be Scotty McFrosty? Scoot McFreeze, baby. And uh, <laughs> guess what Mr. Scoot did? He traveled 3,000 miles across the pond to take two, not one, two double-digit leads, lose them both, and lose to Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald. North I mean, Western North of all teams. Freaking Western. Like, guy, uh, come on. What are you? What are we doing here, Scott? So, I, <laughs> took great <laughs> enjoyment in that. I made a personal tweet saying, "I think Scott Frost just settled the 2017 UCF versus 2021 Cincy debate." Got some likes on it, which is rare for my personal account. So, <laughs> Justin, I think some Bearcat fans agreed with me out there. Yeah, and and honestly, man, I you have to really sit there and just think about this too. I don't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before that, if I even mentioned it on the airwaves or if I just told you about it because I heard it. I was sitting in the Nashville airport a few weeks ago, and lo and behold, something was sitting up on this little bar, bar top uh, TV screen that was uh, ESPN and some analysts talking about the Big Ten. And it said it said some magical words. Uh, it, it said Big Ten champion uh, odds by ESPN FPI and something else. And it gave Ohio State 76%, Michigan 10%, something like that. Michigan State, like 6%. And who did it give 4%? Who, above all other teams, for the entire year of the entirety of the Big Ten, did it give a 4% chance of winning the Big Ten? A Scooter McFrosty, I would imagine. Yes, in the Nebraska Corn Suckers. Man, those poor fans have been through the ringer, and they had so many close games last year. But I can tell you this much, Scott Frost is not getting it done. We, I think you and I both know, unless that guy wins every single game for the rest of this season, he's done. I, somebody, somebody put out a stat sheet of... Like, uh, I can't remember. He was a pretty, like, well-known coach. The coach before Scott Frost. Pelini. Um, that they, huh? It was uh, Bo Pelini. You're talking about the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. His, his record was, like, 63-27 and 27 or something, and they fired him. And Scott Frost is, like, has lost, like, 30 games already, and he's won, like... I don't know, 16 or something like that. Some absurd number where it, it was essentially Scott Frost would have to win like the next four seasons straight to have the same record without a single loss. And he'd still have a worse record than the prior coach. It's just like, God, man. You're worse than Bo Pelini. That's hard to do, man. Like, dude got fired at LSU because he didn't know that. Uh, Mississippi State had Mike Leach coaching the team. Like, come on, guy. Like, I, I don't know. He. It's so funny to think that this, like, this Nebraska thing has just fallen apart in shambles, and it was mostly because of Scott Frost. Like, he's been the only constant over the past five years, and they never even got close to where they wanted to go. And it was just very funny. So, shout out to Scooter McFrosty. I uh, hope you enjoy your buyout, sir. Uh, it's been fun. 
Yeah. Oh, there it is. 67 and 27 was uh, Bo Pelini at Arkansas yeah. or at uh, Nebraska and Nebraska Scott that Frost. Right you know, I want the exact for the, for two seconds here. Scott Frost, show us the record. We need to know his record at Arkansas because we know it's not or Nebraska. I keep saying Arkansas. Arkansas is the topic of the week. We'll finish this real quick. Uh, 15 and 30 is Scott Frost's record. 15 and 30. So he is already three losses ahead of Bo Pelini, and he would need to win, yes, another about 47, uh, if, if my maths are correct. Not usually correct. Oh, no, it was 67 games. Uh, quick maths, he'd need to win about 50 more games straight, and yeah. he'd still have a worse record. Yeah. So... That says all you need to know about Scotty McFrost. Is that Scott Frost's record or the Cincinnati Sports Radio Station? <laughs> yo. Hey, yo. Sorry, sorry. Speaking of bad jokes, Justin, how about those Arkansas Razorbacks? <laughs> Man, I, I thought going into this week, the whole season long, threw out a tweet about this. Apparently some people agree with it. Uh, that it seemed like Arkansas all summer long, like the conversation really wasn't there as much, but the, from, from what I saw, Arkansas seemed reasonable. They seemed like, oh, Cincinnati's coming off the college football playoff. Cincinnati is a quality team. They've won so many games over the past few years. We understand that they're a good team. It's probably going to be a tough matchup. And maybe there's a small percentage of the fans that I just totally missed that are not cocky, but the whole rest of them think they're going to beat our ass. <laughs> I don't know where that confidence is coming from. Maybe it's because they're in the SEC and we're in the American. Maybe it's, maybe it's just because they saw what happened against Alabama. Not that we need to bring that up again, but it is relevant to the conversation. I don't know, but... A lot of them, I've seen so many tweets that say Arkansas by 21, Arkansas by 24, Arkansas by 30, Arkansas by that. Like people are just throwing out these numbers. I'm like, you guys have no idea what's coming to you. Yeah, uh, I think it's also based on uh, Arkansas having a good home record last year. Um, I, I don't yeah. really know their home record off the bat, but I, I do know that like a lot of their big wins came at home. Like when they beat Texas, that was a big one that came at home. I, I think. They lost to Alabama on the road. They lost to uh, Georgia on the road. They lost to um, definitely Ole Miss lost on, to the Georgia road. on the road. Uh, yeah, and then they—I think they lost to Auburn on the road as well. So they might have gone uh, undefeated at home last year. So yeah, um, if I have that right, the, uh, but who knows? So, and I think this fan base is like it's always been there. It's one that's been lurking. But right. you know, when you're getting beat by North Texas when they're doing fake punts against you, then like you know, you don't really have much room to talk. So yeah, think, uh, and like you know, when like you know, Western Kentucky's beating you and you get fired, uh, you like you get your coach fired. You know, then that's not that's not good. So I think they finally got something to be proud of, and you know, good for them. Like they've had a good run of sports over the last year. Um, the coach who shall not be named has been good there at uh, at at Arkansas, uh, the basketball coach. Uh, and you know, I really like Sam Pittman as a guy. He seems like a fun guy and like just enjoyable. The liquor and tea quote definitely got some yep. people hot, but a lot of people seem to just a lot of Bearcat fans in the replies just seem to laugh at that and think it was funny, which was. Uh, <laughs> I think we get a little bit too butthurt sometimes as a fan base. So that was enjoyable to see people be like <laughs> laughing at that, you know? 
So yeah. Um, well, real real quick while we're on it, um, for those of you who didn't see, uh, we put out a tweet this this week about Sam Pittman bringing up the some bring some guys bring iced tea and some bring liquor and all of that, and I just saw it and I was like, okay. You know, what can I get out of this? And so immediately my sarcastic ass just sits there and says, well, that's got to be bulletin board material. So I threw up a tweet about it. And unbeknownst to me, like first day, no action. I wake up the next morning and there were like 20 Hogs fans in the replies who are just saying, you found bulletin board material out of this? Who the hell do you think you are? You're such an idiot. This is has nothing. You have no idea what's coming to you. Arkansas by a million. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, people. Like, guys, we get the joke. Like, we, we got it. Like, don't worry. I <laughs> see that that sarcasm is not um, strong in the South. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> apparently, um, Kelly has told us that if you're in a conference where you find bulletin board material in that clip, you play in a soft conference, which is a stab because they're clearly saying that we play in a soft conference, but it is kind of true. It's not bulletin board material. It was a joke, and clearly it went over very many people's heads. Well, and Regardless I also enjoyed scenario, that uh, Fickle <laughs> responded to that by saying, I don't, oh, have, yeah. I don't bring anything to parties, and I don't have any friends, which is yeah. uh, obviously, <laughs> one, a lie, like a blatant lie. Yeah, and then blatant lie. Number two, it's just so Fickle, so uh, a win-win for both parties. Yeah. No one's mad. Everyone's happy. Uh, continue, Justin. Sorry. Well, and, well, speaking of not knowing what you're going to bring to the party, uh, it's really interesting to see how these depth charts have played out because uh, if, if anybody has seen the depth charts that were released for this week, Arkansas, uh, we'll get into this with Matt, but um, Arkansas brought out this whole list of everybody. Here's your ones, here's your twos, good to go. And Luke Fickle said, you're not going to get nothing out of me. <laughs> and that's pretty typical for Luke, but it was just kind of crazy to see four running backs listed as potential starters and not knowing which single one of them was, especially when the conversation coming out of camp said that it could be kind of, uh, or I think Miles Montgomery was like kind of sounded like the leading candidate. And then you also have Corey Kiner. I made this joke with you that uh, I would be, I would be bewildered if we had the two highest recruits in program history at the same time and neither of them started which is a legitimate possibility against Arkansas this weekend. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, like I, I, <laughs> I really I, do. I really I do think it's going to happen. Yeah. But hey, I mean if I, I trust coach Fickle and I trust the the staff like if they 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 saw it with those guys and they didn't see it with the recruits like I mean maybe it hurts their recruiting a little bit in the future, but I think you got to right. focus on winning ball games and like, you know, they yeah. they'll those guys will have time to make their mark and like, you know, the Kennesaw State and Miami games hopefully, but uh, right now it's, we're coming out to shoot hot with Arkansas. That's a tough team and we got to win ball games like right away. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious to know too kind of what your perspective is on this. Um, cuz I know obviously we've covered a lot of different things with it, but Ben Bryant and Evan Prater both look like, you know, from everything that we saw with Evan last year, from what we know that we have with Ben, and also watching a lot of his tape at Eastern Michigan, too. Like, it's, I, I want to know who you, th not, I think the consensus is that Ben's going to start, but do you think that it's going to be like a toss up 
for the rest of the year? Or do you think like once we start out the gates here, whoever starts that game is just going to take over for the rest of the season? Uh, well, Fickle said that there was not a plan to have two starters, but if you think back to that UCLA game in the Rose Bowl, there's like, yeah. uh, you know, he obviously the plan was to start Hayden Moore and then Hayden Moore got hurt and Desmond Ritter stepped in and never gave up that seat. Um, and yep. I think it's just a thing where, you know, you can say how things work and like how it's going to go, but I don't really know until you know, it's game three and like if right. one of the guys unfortunately gets hurt and the other guy has to step in for a game and you know, it, I, I definitely understand why he's not naming one because you know, why would right. you? And I definitely understand like why you would say we're only going with one, but football changes things, man. Like people get hurt, uh, you know, bounce bounces go different ways. Uh, Justin, we started Gunnar Keel one year uh, as like our quarterback at, way yeah. after his, his, two game prime. So, um, right. it's a fluid thing with the quarterback. And I really think that, you know, while it's going to probably going to be Ben, like I'm not opposed. I don't think it's a fair assumption that Ben is going to be starting all 12 games. Like, you know, Des got hurt a couple games. Like Ben had to start yeah. that one game against Memphis because Des was hurt in 2019. And right. You know, like Munchie Legault, for so many years at UC, it seemed like he would always be the one taking over for the, right. the starter that got hurt. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think it's just going to be a thing where we'll see what happens. But um, I would expect Ben to go out there and start. Uh, we're going to be looking at more of a passing pocket passer attack and you know rushing the ball. Uh, he might not be as dynamic as you know Desmond Ritter with his legs, yep. but uh, I, I do think Ben has something, and he didn't really get the best chance to show it in that game against Memphis a few years ago. But right, I think he's grown up. I think this is you know this is his senior year, and he's he wants one more shot to prove that he got it, and he he was brought yeah. in here for a reason. And if he's going to help us win right away, then Ben Bryant it is. Yeah, no kidding. And, and honestly, like, I think a lot of people kind of feel for Evan in this situation. If, you know, it doesn't end up being Ben that starts out, it's kind of like, you know, it looked like Dez is going to leave and then you're going to hand over the reins directly to him. But also, um, you know, nothing inspires great play, especially in, I think, football. I mean, I, it's all sports, but nothing really inspires play in, in any sport. And then specifically down to the position of quarterback, like freaking inside competition man like the if evans got to play every single week in practice and say like i am i have to prove to you that i'm better than him and vice versa for ben to prove that he's better than evan like if those guys are friends or if they're mortal enemies which it seems like they're definitely friends like that's the best environment for both of them to be successful and i think you know we look at it evans still got time you know i think it's not going to be as fast as maybe we thought, um, especially if Ben does end up being the solidified starter. But Evan's got a lot to offer. And honestly, like, you know, this is, <laughs> I hope to God we never do the Notre Dame situation that we saw with Brian Kelly last year, swapping in three freaking quarterbacks in the yeah, same Yeah, that, that was Holy good. hell, what an awful good. choice that was. But, um, you know, I don't, I remember watching Ben Bryant in that Memphis game. And I was like, I was sitting there, I'm kind of like, you know, Dez is really solid. This guy's got, like, and, and I think, 
Dez has so much, and we're never going to say that he doesn't because obviously he's in the NFL now. He's going to be an NFL starter for the Falcons. But like Ben Bryant's just got something about his arm. He seems just dead accurate. And I, I mean, like, sure, there's times that that'll show that that's not the case. But like, I, I feel like there's something with him. He's just got some kind of X factor that I haven't really figured out quite yet. But I'm excited to watch him play. And, and for the same reason that I'd be excited to watch Evan and he, whoever steps into the gun for the Bearcats, obviously we're going to cheer for. But um, long term, like, I'm really hoping that whoever it is kind of is that solidified starter and we just keep them throughout the rest of the season and the other guy is just ready to go. And here's here's one perk to before we tail off of this conversation. One thing that's really nice that I think we all kind of know, but just putting it out in the airways, having both of these guys be so talented, but also having like a handful of tape on both of them is really like a big advantage going into Arkansas is going to be tough as a first game, but for the rest of our non-conference schedule until we get to conference play, the tape that's on both of these guys in this offense is so hard to find because there is such, such little tape. It's going to be a real big advantage for us going into those games. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I agree. And I think there's just a possibility that it could be, you know, just a little bit, of like that, that first half could really make the difference in this game. So yeah. speaking of the game, Justin, should we make some quick picks before we hear from our buddies from Arkansas? Our buddy yes. From Arkansas? Yes, sir. Uh, well, I will lead it off this year. We got four categories for you and I will be making a Google form so that uh, Bearcat nation let's ride. We you all ride. Can play with us and give us your predictions for the game. So, Justin, I am saying that for the Bearcats' first touchdown this week, it is going to go to my man, number 22, Mr. Montgomery. Uh, Our takeaway at any point in the game is going to come from Ivan Pace Jr. Um, And then I will say that the Bearcats will have, I'll say 105 rushing yards. I'll say 255 passing yards. Justin, I say we win the game 24 to 21. We're going to cover the spread. We're going to squeak out of there with a win. And I'm uh, there. I definitely have some fears for the game, as you'll hear about in our interview uh, with Matt from Razorbacks Daily. But I think the Bearcats can overcome those fears. And we've seen them win in hostile environments last year and before. And I think they can do it again. Okay. All right. Um, if we start off with. My end of that, I would say first touchdown of the game is going to go to Josh Wiley. Going to bring out the tight end angle to start it off. I love um, it. I love that play. Go there. Uh, Takeaway, um, I'm going to say this one might be a little off the edge, but I'm going to say Malik Van. I feel like at some point he might just hop onto a fumble. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. Kind of a that. kind of a less common pick there, and then um, let's do. I'm going to say rushing yards. We're going to go for 140, 140 rushing yards, okay. and I'm going to say passing yards. We're going to go 235. Okay. And score prediction. Let's just give it a nice cherry of 28 because we're going to make our 
freaking extra points this year. 28. Right. Ryan Coe, shout out. No, I get it. 31. 31 oh. because he's going to make a field goal too. Wow. 31 points to an Arkansas 28. It's going to be a close one. I... I didn't ask Matt this because I wanted to be nice, but Justin, I think their defense is suspect. Uh, they gave up it is. a lot of points to a lot of different teams last year. So uh, they yeah, gave up. They still gave up 28 points to Texas last year, even though that game was pretty much a beatdown. They still gave up 28 points. So they they do have a rock steady offense, and I think they're all about to be a little caught off guard when they realize just how stout the Bearcats' defense is. Those guys are no slouches. Yeah, I agree. So, with all that said, the only other thing that I wanted to cover before we jump over to our interview with Matt, we have the uniforms picked out for this game. Steve, would you like to uh, give us a little scoop de scoop on those? Yes, sir. So, we have the black, white, black tuxedo combo as coined by uh, some fan. Shout out to that guy. I forget who you are. Um, but. They, uh, the Bearcats have gone 23 and 16 in this uniform since 2005. Uh, they wore it three times last year, going two and one. Uh, they wore it in their most recent game, the Cotton Bowl against Alabama. Uh, and you know, it's just, uh, that's a, you know, it's obviously a rough one to, to have to end on, you know, but I think that the Bearcats will have some good mojo in these. People seem to really enjoy this combo on the road the most, like the black. Yep. Black, uh, helmets and black pants. I think a lot of people really like the all black look. So when we can't wear all black, uh, just got to throw the white jersey in there. But um, <laughs> if I had to pick a favorite road look, I would say this would be it. Of uh, my, my favorite road look, I'd, I'd say this would be it. Yeah, I honestly, I'm right there with you, man. It's it is just such like a it's a classic look, but it's you know got just the right amount of touch of red. Without, you know, I think the moment you throw red on it just feels like it should be a home color, personally. Yeah, definitely. Much of the blackouts are Bearcats, but. Notable games in this uniform include the uh, 2011 Liberty Bowl, as I said, last year's Cotton Bowl, and a certain game against the Pittsburgh Panthers in 2009. Uh, Oh, perhaps it was. (laughs) Yes, it was a, it was definitely a certain game against those Pitt Panthers, so. Um, a certain the Pike to Bin uh, game, yeah, if you will. So, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's a fun combo. I mean, it's a, a one we've seen a lot before. But if it's broke, don't fix it, you know. So hopefully they can uh, get get back to winning in that combo again on Saturday. No kidding. Well, I think that covers just about everything that we have. The last thing I'm going to plug before we switch over to here with our interview with Matt is that we are doing a T-shirt giveaway for. 1,000 followers. We're currently sitting at this very moment at 914. We're trying to, uh, you know, expand our horizons a little bit. So um, we've got about a little less than 100 left, and we would like to give everyone a shot to win. So there are three easy steps to win that T-shirt. Will be sent from yours truly, personally, from my new address in Nashville. I would like to preface you all that I will start next week as any great new southerner would like brian kelly has inspired us all to do with a really thick southern accent that i do not have so be on account for that um to enter into this t-shirt giveaway all you have to do is follow at viva the cats pod if you're listening to this you definitely probably follow us already 
uh, like and retweet that post that's pinned to the top of our profile, and then comment a screenshot of a Viva La Cats episode from any listening platform that you use and tag two of your friends on that. Three quick and easy steps. Um, the most important one, just throw up a screenshot of an episode and tag some friends. Get some more people involved. We're trying to expand our horizons, get some new listeners. So that's right. um, make sure to check that out, and you could win some Viva La Cats swag. So... With all that said, uh, any last points here, Steve, before we uh, wrap up? Uh, no, not really. I'm just very excited for this weekend. I do plan on making some sort of Skyline-involved uh, dip oh, or uh, dish for this weekend. Uh, it'll be different not being uh, not being able to like go or watch the game with some friends. Uh, maybe I'll find some Cincinnati people out here. Who knows? But uh, it, it's uh, it's I'm just really excited for the season and. You know, it's weird to definitely not start with a cupcake, but I think this is what we want. We want to see like a you know a litmus test for how we think the season's going to go right out the gate, and this yep. is definitely a litmus test for sure. So um, I'm excited to see what happens, and uh, hopefully the Bearcats can come up with a win. Hopefully, we know that we've tried uh, we've tried the cupcake conference non-conference scheduling before, and we've wished that we had a harder one, and we got it last year. We're going to do it again this year, and hopefully we come in on top. So here's hoping we're going to check back with you guys after the game. Hopefully we've got a nice, juicy win for you. Um, until then, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Enjoy our interview with Matt Zimmerman of Razorback Daily. All right, listeners, we have Matt Zimmerman of the Razorback Daily podcast joining us for today's show. Um, I'm going to let him plug his uh, ats and everything else that you need to find him at. Quick, if you could give us a quick introduction about yourself, and we can get going. Yeah, I'm Matt Zimmerman. Uh, I've been at the University of Arkansas for a long time. I went to school here from 1986 to 1990. I've been a Razorback uh, fan. The first Razorback football and basketball games I can remember were 1976, <laughs> uh, 1977. Those are the years that I started formulating you know, my brothers and my family getting fired up about games and getting upset about games. And so yeah. I've been a lifelong Razorback. And I was had the very distinct honor of coming back here and coaching uh, on the basketball staff as well. So I coached 25 years and uh, high school and college, uh, college at UAB in Birmingham, Alabama, at the University of Missouri in Columbia, Missouri, and at the University of Arkansas here in Fayetteville. So um, been doing it a long time. And now I do a combination of a lot of things uh, at the University of Arkansas. I'm a, I'm a color analyst for Razorback basketball. I'm also on the Razorback football broadcast team. Um, I've learned – I've always known a lot about football because I was a, a lover of Razorback football, but even more so in the last three or four years where I've been on the broadcast. And so I study it. I study it a lot and um, pretty pretty fortunate to be still at the University of Arkansas after – all these years and i do miss coaching had a great 25 year run but uh very happy to uh, still be at the university still be working at the university of arkansas and i'm a proud graduate so here i am what's up uh steve <laughs> hey matt how's it going thanks for joining us appreciate it sorry i'm running late uh no you're good traffic is fun but uh <laughs> yeah, glad you're here with that us. bright sunshine right there i can see it where you at I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, actually. <laughs> nice. Great yeah. place to be. It's a little bit hot, but you know what? It's okay. We're getting through it. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steve, if you yeah, you saying- can check us out. We've been talking all week about uh, Cincinnati, and we've we got on tomorrow's Razorback Day that we'll have Justin Williams who covers Cincinnati for the Athletic. Yeah. Um, and and we had him back on August the 9th. We went through broke down all twelve of our opponents. Our podcast is called the Razorback Daily, and uh, it's a very good podcast. We have a great time with it, and uh, we would. Uh, we're just excited about starting the season. And, guys, it's so unique. Okay, I was interviewing our athletic director last night. We did a Razorback Daily live event at a really nice restaurant here in Fayetteville called Eastside Grill. And our athletic director came, and we interviewed him, and there's people there listening. So we kind of did a live podcast, okay? And when we're talking to Hunter Yurchek, it was really uh, interesting what he said, of course, the scheduling process with this game. But I scheduled basketball. Basketball games, 25 years, I love scheduling. This is an yeah. extremely unique scheduling situation because, you know, when it was scheduled three or four years ago, okay, obviously we didn't know Cincinnati was going to be coming out of the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah. means you're in the top four of all teams in college football. But not only that, this is not a home-and-home home series, Justin. Right. Steve, this is a home-and-home home series. You know, we're not coming to Cincinnati. And so if you're in in any sport, if you're not going to play at their place, the only way to get them to come to your place is to do what? Pay them. Pay them. Pay them. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) It's not a guaranteed win. It's just a guarantee. We're going to give you a check. We're going to pay. And and it's uh, some people call it a buy game, not, you know, buy as in (laughs) B-U-Y. Guarantee is another name coaches and people use. um, And – it, this is what that is. You know, this is this is a game that Arkansas paid. And I guess it, back in that time, three or four years ago, Cincinnati must have been in a situation as an athletic department to say, hey, we're willing to get bought. We're willing to do this to, to you know, to, to bring in more money. And, and so it's very unusual. <laughs> you know, when you buy somebody, I think we would much rather, no offense to these teams, but we would rather buy maybe a, a, a Florida A&M or a Georgia <laughs> Southern or – you know, affirm it. I mean, you know what I mean? You just would rather pay someone different. All of a sudden you look up in 2022 yeah. and you got a buy game against the team that was just in the college football playoff. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's, I, I think that's such an interesting way to look at it too. And uh, like you said, uh, four years ago, there was no real shot at UC joining a power conference at the time. There was really just – uh, losing a lot of money from uh, transitioning from the Big East to the American uh, Athletic Conference that UC finds itself in right now. And so you're definitely right. Like, there were definitely some buy games we've had to play. Uh, we played Ohio State in 2019. We played yep. at Michigan in 2017. Last year, the Notre Dame game was technically a buy game. So yeah. I agree. Like, we were in a rough stretch for a while. And I think what's what's cool about it now is that now the program has elevated itself. It's really neat. No because, more buy games coming up on the schedule, Steve. They're not going to be getting bought no more. <laughs> no, no. But I think it's interesting too because two schools like Arkansas and Cincinnati would not regularly meet unless it was under this circumstance. Now the basketball teams did meet last year, but um, on the football field we've never met. So it's kind of cool to sit, to have that culture clash in between uh, two uh, big big schools. Obviously, Arkansas has just such history and great uh, football tradition behind it. But uh, it's I'm really looking forward to it, especially starting the game uh, in Fayetteville. Like, that's, that's such a, a cool atmosphere. So, and uh, yeah. just from watching the Texas game last year, uh, Matt, I had to bring that up to you. What was that 
uh, experience like uh, for the Arkansas Razorback Nation? Well, that was a big deal for us because uh, Texas is someone we've never liked in, in, throughout our history. And we were in the old – you guys are young, but in the old days we were in the Southwest Conference. And that was – we were the only non-Texas school in it. And we had great success in the Southwest Conference. We won several conference championships in football. In fact, we go – in 1990, we announced we're going to leave and go to the SEC. We don't leave in football till 1992, two years later. And it's 2022, guys. You know how many SEC, outright SEC championships we have? That's correct. We have none. And so zero. And in the S in the Southwest Conference, we were winning them quite regularly. And usually the conference champion was either us or Texas or Texas A&M or Houston. And then there was a little stretch there where SMU had some. They were, they were cheating real bad. Pony excess. <laughs> The Pony Express, they won conference championships. They were really good. But so you, that old Southwest Conference was Arkansas, Texas, Texas A&M, Houston, SMU, Baylor, Texas Tech, Rice, TCU. Okay, that was that conference. Eight Texas schools in Arkansas, and we left. And we, we had a big rivalry with Texas because we played them every year in every sport, and it was a big deal. Now, to us, it bothered us because we were like, number three or number four on Texas's list because yeah. they had Texas A&M rivalry, Oklahoma rivalry, Texas Tech rivalry, Arkansas, yeah. you know, so we wanted to smack them all the time. <laughs> and it really started in the 1950s and 60s. Some of our best teams in football played against great Texas teams. Back then, Texas was good in football. It's not the Texas of now where they're struggling. It was a national championship contender most years in the 50s and 60s out of Texas, even into the 70s. And so all the way up to the Earl Campbell time, you know, they were so good. But we have a long tradition. And last year, it was 9-11, guys. Uh, I mean, 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And there was so much emotion, and our fans wanted to beat Texas so bad. There was also the American pride, the patriotism that was coming out of everybody at that time. And it was just a perfect day you know in september and arkansas's hot and that was a day it was hot but it was not a day that everyone was passing out you know it wasn't like uh, it wasn't 95 and a heat index of 105 it was a little less than that it was tolerable and it was a beautiful night it was a night game and we just beat the dog out of them and it was a great win and we had a great season our football team guys under the previous coach good man chad morris went two and ten two and ten before that, Brett Bielema's last year, I think we were four and eight. He's now the head coach at Illinois. So Brett Bielema gets let go. Chad Morris gets hired two and ten, two and ten. Uh, that's painful in a state with 3.5 million people and 3.4 million of them are Razorback fans. It was painful, guys. And so coach gets fired after two years. And Sam Pittman, who was an offensive line coach here, back under Brett Bielema. He left us to go to Georgia, was a part of some great teams at Georgia, and kind of out of the blue, surprised everyone in college football, Hunter Yurchek, our athletic director, and he's admitted he'd offered it to A and to B and to C, and he offered it to some people, and it didn't work out, and he gets to, to Sam Pittman, and we had former players that were former offensive linemen that were very active during this search calling the AD, texting the AD, emailing the AD, saying, 
You keep looking. You keep looking. Sam Pittman. You keep looking. Go to Athens, Georgia. Sam Pittman. You keep looking. Yeah. Sam Pittman. And it was really unusual to have that many players coming out in support of a coach that's not been an offense coordinator at this level, not been a defense coordinator at this level, was offensive line coach, and he gets hired, and it's been boom. His first year was three and seven, but we were way better. It was COVID <laughs> year. It was that that 2020 football season. But guys, we were better. And we played some people very, very close. And three and seven. I mean, Georgia blew us out. Alabama blew us out. Well, we actually played Georgia good for a half. They ended up beating us yeah. But Alabama, we got blown out. Uh, you know, we, we had some tough losses uh, during that. But three and seven. And then last year, nine and four. And what's been crazy about that is we've evolved into all these trophy games. We have a trophy. We play Texas A&M, you get a trophy. We, got, we play Missouri. It's the bragging, you know, so you get a trophy. It's a, it's a border game. And then, you know, you have uh, uh, what's our uh, Texas A&M, LSU. Missouri, and then LSU, we got the boot. Yeah. And, we, and it's been around forever. It's a big, huge boot. And we won all three. We hadn't had those in a, for a long, long time. And we'd have one now and then. But he started ending all these streaks. And we lost it. We had lost to LSU several in a row. And we got the five, six in a row and got that back. We had the big win over Texas. We we had lost nine in a row in Arlington, Texas, to Texas A&M. Nine. <laughs> and, we, and we beat them last year, and we got, we got that. And we ended all of these losing streaks. Uh, the only – we had lost – somehow we lost five to Missouri. And I used to coach at Missouri. No offense. I love the University of Missouri. But – I just don't think we should lose five years in a row to Mizzou in football. Yeah. And we had. And so we ended all that. We ended all those streaks. We haven't ended a streak against Auburn. Hopefully that happens this year. And we have lost to Alabama 15 times. 15 times in a row under Nick Saban. Nick, if you'd have told me when I was a kid, this is no offense to Sam Pittman, he had nothing to do with all 15 of these losses. He was here for <laughs> some as an assistant, and he was here as head, but I never thought we would lose 15 football games in a row to any school in my yeah. lifetime. 15 years, but we got them at home on <laughs> October the 1st, and we all got this belief that we're going to end that losing streak to the tide. Well, hopefully you can end the losing streak. We're hoping that we can trip you guys up game one, but <laughs> right. we'll sure. see how that goes. And, um, you know, it's really interesting kind of to know, too, a lot of that background. I actually did just, funnily enough, watch a little bit of the uh, Pony Excess doc that ESPN put out. And that actually gave me some more background into the Southeastern, or uh, I guess Southwestern Conference. Southwest, just Southwest. Southwest yeah, Southwest. Conference, yeah. That I didn't really know much about. So uh, yeah. that gave me some filling. But along the lines of sort of Arkansas and Cincinnati playing this weekend, uh, it's a big game. I think a lot of Cincinnati fans are kind of, you know, on the fence, quietly confident, I think, more than anything. Uh, kind yeah. of the thing that we're garnering is that there's a little bit more loud confidence from the Arkansas fans home game in Fayetteville. You really can't beat it. Um, yeah. What are you, what are your thoughts kind of going into this game and kind of what are you expecting? Um, you know, if you were just maybe to start, throw out a score that you think you got in your head. Oh gosh, I don't know. I tell you what, I, it's going to be a. I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. I think it's going to be a more physical game than people think. Hopefully, we're the more physical team. Um, I think our.
Arkansas is built for physical play. Sam Pittman, that's what he's grown up as. This offensive line coach, he wants huge offensive linemen. He wants, and you know, Cincinnati's got five linemen back, right? Five starting on it. We have yeah. four back. And we have a good offensive line, and we're going to want a physical game. We led the SEC in rushing last year. And that was a very prideful thing from a university that over the last decade, we've really struggled rushing the ball. We'd have a great rushing game here and a great rushing the game there. But throughout 12 games or a bowl year, 13 games, we weren't great rushing it all the time. Boom, last year we lead the league in rushing. And that's usually Alabama or that's usually Georgia or that's right. Auburn or that's LSU doing that. And we smacked them all in rushing the football. <laughs> we got all that line back. And we got all them running backs back. Yeah. And we've got three outstanding running backs. A.J. Green is really, really good. Dominique Johnson inside the red zone is a bowling ball. He's a scoring <laughs> machine. And neither one of those two are our starting running back. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Sanders, number five, is the starting running back. He's he's just he's a threat to, to, to take it to the house at any point. He can really run. And those guys are good. And really our offense last year, other than our left tackle, Myron Cunningham, and we had a great we had a first round draft pick wide receiver named Traylon Burks, who's now with the Tennessee Titans. He's an Arkansas kid from Warren, Arkansas. He left after three years. He was very good. And that's it. And we had a big tight end that was kind of a role player that helped us, I thought, named Dustin Kearns. And so really we lost three guys that were that were making plays on offense or, or a big part of all, just three. And we got all those guys back. But the key is this, this quarterback, KJ Jefferson, he is outstanding and uh, he's huge, huge. Yeah. And he can run. <laughs> and he's got a gun for an arm. He can throw that thing forever. And he was had great deep passes to Burks last year. And, you know, I think Ar there's a lot of Arkansas fans as you listen to the radio talk shows and all that that think that, Cincinnati's lost all these guys, but Cincinnati sneaky has guys back. But Cincinnati did lose some big-time players. When you lose that kind of quarterback, that kind of running back, those kind of defensive backs, the talent, all those NFL draft picks, uh, Cincinnati had a lot of players that were good, and they are gone. But there are Arkansas fans that think, hey, we're going to bring them in here. It's going to be hot, and we're going we're gonna to smack them up. I think it's going to be a hard-fought, very close game. I, I really do. I don't know about the score. I, uh, it's 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 going to be interesting in here if these teams can get to 30 and get in the 30s. You know, uh, I argued with a guy just today. We, we spent a lot of time talking, and I, I, you know, I thought, you know, if we could get, you know, five touchdowns, that's 35. we got a great kicker, and he can get two. You know, if he can get a field goal, we're at 30, 38 points. You know, what can we hold Cincinnati to? With a quarterback that hadn't been it, you know, hadn't, you know, we, you know, there's questions. There's guys hadn't played, so he was like, I don't think we can get. He's in. He studies it. He said, I don't think we can. I don't know if we can get to 38 against Cincinnati. You know, so it's going to be really interesting to see it. I, I, I know that there's both teams have questions, right, about what's who's going to be able to dominate that line of scrimmage. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's just been a worry for me just from the last game that uh, the Bearcats played was that uh, Cotton Bowl against Alabama, and Alabama kind of just choked the Bearcats out like a boa constrictor, man. Like, they didn't really have to do much other than just run the ball to control the ball, and, you know, the Bearcats could only kick two field goals. They didn't score a touchdown in that game, and Alabama ran the ball 
respectfully right down our throat. Like it was yeah. just like a non-competitive kind of at the line. So I think that's just the worry for me. And maybe yeah. you could speak to a little bit more of that rushing attack. Like you were talking about leading the yeah. league in rushing last year, especially in the vaunted SEC. That's, yeah. that's just something that I'm worried about. And like, you know, we do definitely return some D line, but when you got like, when you saw what happened last year against Alabama and, Arkansas was able to hold its own against Alabama last year. And like, yeah. like Sam Pittman, uh, Luke Fickle really uh, tried to build out from the lines, but I don't know. I just, to me, I don't think we're there yet on like yeah. the line perspective compared to a team like Arkansas. Well, Steve, and that's interesting stuff. And I watched that Alabama Cincinnati game. We were in Tampa for the uh, Outback Bowl and watching that game, of course, it was never a blowout blowout, you know, because they just – it was 27-6, to 6, right? And it was just kind of a – I remember at one point Alabama had the ball. I think it was in the third quarter, and they threw a pick right at, right at midfield, and Cincinnati got the ball back, and it was only like – I mean, it was still a pretty, you know, really close game. But just Cincinnati's offense couldn't hardly do anything. But yeah. And then Alabama just ran it, right? They just mostly just <laughs> ran the ball. And that's what Arkansas is going to try to do. Um and it's going to be the running backs are going to be coming at you at Cincinnati's defense hard, and that line's going to be hitting them hard. And then if it's not working there, KJ Jefferson's going to try to get out on the outside, and he's going to he's going to run. And he is uh, he's big. I mean, he, you know, he's six, you know, he's six four, thick, strong. You know, they keep this weight secret. It was two forty, and then it was two fifty six, and then it was two forty two, and then it was two fifty two, and but he's roughly a 250-pound quarterback, and he is big and strong and athletic and tough. He's a Sardis, Mississippi kid, and he – I've seen it all year up there in that radio booth last year. Those D-backs, he'd get through that line and those safeties and those cornerbacks. As Quinn Grovey, who uh, is on our broadcast, would say, and he's on the podcast with me, he said it a hundred times, those guys – they have to make it a business decision. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't it isn't, it isn't going to – even if they can go up and pop him good and bring him down, they're going to feel a lot of pain. He is a big, strong quarterback. And it's going to be uh, – it's just a mixture. If you can get the run, you know, running backs, if you can hold them to two- and three-yard gains or hold them at the line of scrimmage, then it's going to be him outside running. He goes for 25 yards. And then you start scratching. Next thing you know, boom, they're throwing a pass. and You know, he's got a very good arm. But the running game is what Sam Pittman's about. He wants to dominate the line of scrimmage. He wants those linemen dominating, and he wants to be able to run the football. And, you know, one reason we led the league in rushing was because we ran it a lot, and we ran it very effectively. And uh, he's going to – he's been saying in this fall camp, this is a better football team. This is a more talented football team. This is a stronger football team. And, you know, we went 9-4. and four. And so that's got everyone around here pretty fired up. Yeah. Well, and kind of, you know, you mentioned a couple of things about quarterbacks too. I'm curious from your perspective, uh, going into this game, uh, I don't know if you had happened to see the depth charts that Cincinnati released. There's a lot of ors on our list and we're, we're still kind of question marking the running backs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Four (laughs) ors for the running backs. And that's kind of the, big question mark for us. And I was wondering from your perspective and kind of from an Arkansas, um, you know, from that knowledge, you guys usually release the depth chart, you know, what you're throwing out on the field, you yeah. know, who's coming out, um, you know, with that sort of element of surprise, um, you know, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah. Not really knowing. Great, great question. 
question on the on the too deep and on the depth chart because because in spite of all the shenanigans of SEC football, and there are some, um, that SEC coaches for the most part release a very standard boom. This is who's going to start, and this is my second guy, and that's what it's going to be on Saturday unless an injury or something or somebody gets right. sick during the week. And it's usually done on Mondays. It's like a, it's like a here I'm gonna hand my phone in here. Here's the you know, and I really enjoyed that there was a couple other coaches around the country this week said, hey, I'm not we're not really gonna do that, you know, uh, you know, and I think uh, there's been a couple in our league for a change has been like we're waiting a little bit, a few more days before we tell you. But Coach Fickle, I loved it. He just was like, I'm why. And I, I wouldn't do it. I mean, well, I mean, I'm like, and I've always wondered, why are they telling us for sure who's going to start? Now, if it's, you know, Desmond Ritter, we don't need for him to tell us. But when it's a situation like this, when you don't know, and, and I and, and I printed their, their notes off yesterday, and uh, they're good game notes, actually. And you, as you study, like you said, there's a whole lot of oars and, 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 of course, everything I love right off the bat, it said unofficial. Very top is an unofficial depth <laughs> Folks, he has this printed out. If you can't – if you're just listening, which was mainly what we do, he has this printed out. He has his stuff prepared. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, no, no. I like to print out my game. I'm an old-school basketball guy. You know, back in the yeah. day, you printed out game notes. And uh, I'm an old guy, and you print out game notes, and you, you pull the highlighter out, and you highlight things that you yeah. want. You know, remember or something that jumps out at you. And but it was really interesting with with looking at all their stuff. And I think down here, I can't speak for our coaches. They've not said this, but you just when you look at it and you study it and, you know, we talked to Justin Williams, as I mentioned earlier, and you you read stuff in the Cincinnati media. It just seems like people there think it's going to be Ben Bryant, number six. But. Uh, no one knows that for sure, and so at the same time, you got you got to prepare for Prater as well, who looks a little bit like Desmond. You know, he looks a little bit like Ritter. He's that type of. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't want to, you know, but he's he's along those lines more than you know, kind of a drop back Ben Bryant. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the way he did it at Eastern Michigan. So, I think you know who knows. But I think Ben Bryant probably is the one that runs out there. And I think didn't Coach Fickle even say, hey, we're going to run one quarterback, and that's who we're going to play? You know, hook, line, and sinker, boom, that's it. But, you know, if things aren't going good and, it, and, and, and the Bearcats are struggling to move the ball, if you've really had that hardcore of a quarterback competition, you know, throughout the, the whole, you know, the whole fall camp, then you would think number three, Prater, is going to run out there at some point if they're struggling. So yep. uh, I think Arkansas is just preparing for both of those guys. Yeah, uh, but there's a. I think they're just arguing between each other, like who's the sweet tea and who's the liquor. You know, no, no, I'm the sweet tea. No, no, I'm the liquor. You know, like so. Yeah. I really enjoyed that quote. I think a lot of people would enjoy that quote as well. That wasn't really a mean thing. That was just kind of fun. And the, I've enjoyed yeah. Sam Pittman's quotes just from just all over, like on yeah. on different stuff. He's just a, such an enjoyable press conference guy, and uh, I. I, I hate that we're going up against you guys because Arkansas <laughs> has been one of those teams that I've just really enjoyed watching. Yeah. And I, it's been just a, such a cool experience to see the fan base just really get into it as well. So uh, for one day, deal, Steve, you know how yeah. this goes now. So you're just going to have to go against the hogs through Saturday, about five thirty, six o'clock, <laughs> six thirty, And then after that, you know, you just root for the Razorbacks the rest of the year. Yeah. That makes your win or your loss. 
look better. <laughs> yeah. And the same for the Razorbacks. You know, it's, just, it's like I did that as a lifetime in college basketball. You yep. play somebody in the non-conference, you want to beat their butt. Just like last year, we yep. played the Bearcats in Kansas City. I was there doing the game on the Razorback Sports Network. And then after we beat them, you're, the, you're Cincinnati's biggest fan. You yep. want them to win. <laughs> Not only the non-conference games, you want them to win in the American Athletic Conference. And you – you want you know you don't want to see Cincinnati basketball get beat by twenty eight uh, against Wichita State because you're yeah. like you need them to win to help yeah. your debt and to help everything we use. So you just got to root against us for you know next uh, next three days here, and then you, you can join on that bandwagon. Well, I want someone to beat Alabama, and I'm I'm hoping it's the Razorbacks because like yeah. man, that would be sweet. Well, if if that happens, Steve, I've been here for some wild ones. We played number one Texas. We beat them 42 to 11 in 1981. They were the number one team in the nation, and we just beat the dog out of them in, in Fayetteville. They tore the goalposts down, took it to Dixon Street, which is our <laughs> entertainment district that's right off campus. Uh, they did it when we beat Tennessee. Uh, they, they, we've had some big, big wins in Razor. We've had some big wins over Ole Miss, and there, there's there's been important wins there, LSU, and there's been huge celebrations, especially against Texas Longhorns. But, <laughs> yeah. We're, our fans are chomping at the bit, and they're already <laughs> building. They're building. They're building. And all summer they've been talking about October one. Now I think they understand we got to play Cincinnati. We got a lot to play. We got South yep. Carolina in week two with yep. Spencer Rattler. You know, so we got Texas A and M in week four. So there's a lot of hurdles to claim before Alabama. But we just think we almost beat Alabama last year at their place. Yeah. We lost. We lost by a touchdown. Yeah. And we've been getting thumped by Alabama, fifty-two to three. One year they beat us 52 to three, and then they came back the next year and beat us 52 to three. It was like they were picking what score they wanted to beat us. And some days are over. You know, we feel like those days are over, that Alabama just can't pick the score they want to beat us. And so, uh, man, there's great expectations here. Yeah. Well, and unfortunately, we're rounding out into our last like minute of recording okay. time here. But um, we, if, if there's anything else that, you have left to throw at us real quick any kind of uh, pointers or anything to look out for for Arkansas. Feel free to dish yep. them out. You hear that host, whether, you, whether you're at the game and hopefully some Cincinnati fans make it down here, or if you're watching on TV in the background, if you hear this, <laughs> pig, so if you're hearing a lot of that during the game, that's a great sign for the Razorbacks <laughs> and not a great sign for your Bearcats. We obviously don't do that near as much when we're getting beat. So that's going to be one thing to look for. Obviously, these lines, it's going to, yep. this game's going to come down to the more physical team. It's going to come down to the offensive and defensive line, smashing helmets and shoulder pads. Yeah, really looking forward to it. We respect Cincinnati down here. Everyone knows how good they are, but it also builds this game up more. Yep, and it's a great opener for both teams. Same here. Well, great. Same here. We respect <laughs> y'all, and uh, we're again, we're hoping you guys are the ones to do it to beat the tide. <laughs> All right, sounds good, guys. Thank you guys for listening. It was great to have Matt on, and we are looking forward to getting back with you after this weekend's game. Go Bearcats. Let's beat the crap out of the hogs. Like uh, cats. Sports Social Podcast Network.